0: The Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode one hundred eighty-one, Friday, October twenty-eighth, two thousand eleven. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode one hundred eighty-one. Whoa. I am Rob. You are Greg. Yeah. Didn't hey. remember there for a second. Here's here's what I'd like to. People who've listened to this show may have been thinking, how come they never talked about it? Well, now we're going to talk about it. We've just never gotten to it yet. Talk about what? The fact that we were almost killed by several natural disasters. Uh. (laughs) Ah. Over the summer. What the hell? Well, the, the past couple of months. I mean, first there's an earthquake. It is the largest earthquake in, like, 70 years in this area. It didn't even start here. It was somewhere in Virginia. Yeah. Which is, like, unheard of. I mean, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime moment, an earthquake in New Jersey. New I felt York. Yeah, I felt it. And I was wait, at work. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, I'll get to that. And then we get hit with a hurricane, which is like a once-in-a-lifetime thing that it actually makes it up here. All the way up here, a hurricane. And then you were almost killed. Overseas. Well. People didn't know this. <laughs> we'll get to that. Little kung fu fighting. Oh. Those cats were fast as lightning. Anyway, so the earthquake. Uh, I do split. Uh, no. I kill you. Oh, you could have done that. What? Hey. <laughs> eh. Um, you could have said, I am a priest. Or I am a, I am Protestant priest. Protestant priest. priest. Um, I, I tell Sly, I say, Sly, I, I play protestant, please. You know, he is in the, the second Expendables. There's really going to be a yes, second? Yes, yes. Oh. I think he's the bad guy. Oh. Which I didn't like, but it's like how many how many people can Stallone have on his team? It's like ridiculous. Anyway. So, um, so yeah, the earthquake. I won't, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but basically... Here I am sitting in my office, in New Jersey, which is like this warehouse, you know, with an office carved out in the front of it. So it's kind of like the building is kind of like, uh, you know, not most structurally, <laughs> no, uh, not built to withstand an earthquake. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm sitting there, and like the walls start like creaking in the in the ceiling, which is what it sounds like if somebody is like walking above on the roof, because for some reason, this stupid building keeps leaking. So there's always somebody on the roof. So that's what it sounded like. I'm like, okay, what, what are they doing out there? And then all of a sudden, it, it started to get, like, louder. And then it then it felt like, all of a sudden, it felt like in my chair, because, like, I was looking at my computer screen. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? My Like, my vision was getting blurry. <laughs> and then all of a sudden... Um, you know the the computers, and and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, "Wait a minute, this doesn't feel right." On my chair, it felt literally, it felt like I was on a boat. Yeah, but not not like a little boat, like a big boat. You know, like if you're on a ferry or something. You know, you're on the water, but you really don't feel like you're on water. So I started like, you know, it was like it's like, uh. like a tugboat. Yes, yeah, so I was getting a little disoriented, and then I look on the floor, and I had this, and you know, the, they have these plants. And it's this, you know, uh, ha- like an indoor plant with all the leaves. And all of a sudden, the leaves start, like, shaking. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's no windows in here. What the, what the hell's going on here? It's a ghost. Yeah, so it did that. And then, you know, it was like... A... And all of a sudden, it was over. You know, well, this... like... Yeah, like 30 seconds. Yeah, 30 seconds. It's over. And then I'm like, okay. I get up, and some nitwits running down the hall screaming... Home God, ra- everybody outside. I'm getting outside. I'm like, it's over. What's, what's the difference? I was in my office building in Manhattan, eh. which was designed by Middle Easterns. <sighs> and we're all sitting there, <clears throat> sitting there at my desk. And all of a sudden, it feels like a big truck drove by outside. You know, like yes. it rattles the building. And I'm in my chair, and I'm kind of just gently, very gently, very subtly, very lightly swaying back and forth, kind of like rocking very subtly back and forth for about 30 seconds. And I just thought maybe a big truck drove by, or we were getting a big delivery in the freight elevator or something. You know, it, it wasn't like... Oh my god! It's the the world is exploding. Yeah. It's a giant earthquake. It was just this very subtle light rumble, you know, swaying back and forth. Yeah. And yeah, thirty seconds, and then it was over. It's over. And the same thing happened in my building. You get all the you know the, these these coworkers running down the hall screaming, "It's an earthquake! Evacuate! It's an earthquake! Evacuate!" <laughs> and I'm like, w- what is evacuating gonna do? I mean, when it happened for us, I mean, we all we all went outside and we're we we would not know when it was except that it had already happened in, in the, you know, down there in, in Virginia and in Washington, D.C. It was obviously a little bit a lot stronger. And so it, it like they were people on their Blackberries were, were getting like seeing news reports already that it happened, you know. Several minutes earlier, because it takes time to move on. Well, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. I mean, the way the eastern seaboard is, the, the, the earth, the crust is much, much older than on the west. So it's much older and therefore an earthquake can travel a lot farther, just spreads. And it doesn't really lose its, you know, uh, intensity that much. So that's why we, we felt it there. But, um, I I think it was kind of weird. Okay. We we experienced our very first Earth earthquake. earthquake. Wow. And probably our very last. Well, unless we're in an area where there's, you know, frequent earthquakes. So we had that. Yes. We we lived yes. through that. And then literally a week later, the hurricane comes, Hurricane Irene, mm-hmm. which, of course, all of the Weather Channel and all the news media treated like this was going to be, the, this was the apocalypse. We're all going <laughs> to... You're it's going to the die. storm of the millennium. You can't do anything about it. And, you know, this is the same thing happened in the 80s. Everybody uh, on, on the Weather Channel and ABC, and they're all saying these things like, you know, you and your family should be huddling wow. under the dining room table and, you know, turn off all the lights. Yeah, and- I mean,. The rea- it's like, I don't want be- you talking I don't want to belittle this because there are areas of the country Florida and, and uh, Louisiana and Mississippi where they do get destroyed by hurricanes um but I they just went overboard and in reality the hurricane itself wasn't that bad it was just a lot of rain the right. bad part was like Sunday or the day after the day after the the wind was like 10 times worse than during the, the hurricane. Well, like the leftover wind, and then everyone was flooded again. The days leading up to Hurricane Irene, all of the the radio stations and the weather you know, TV channels were saying, "There's going to be winds exceeding a hundred miles an hour, and you better board up your windows and go down the basement and don't come out for two weeks." And I was wait, a but wait, but so and they were saying for our particular yeah. area in New Jersey. The very worst part of it was going to come at sometime around 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. So, I stayed up. Well, at 12, I'm looking out the window. 12 noon the previous day, everything. The Bloomberg shut down the city of New York. Oh, yeah. New Jersey, they shut the whole place down. It was ridiculous. Yeah, no trains, no buses, no nothing. I was driving around at almost 10 p.m. It wasn't even raining. So, 2.30 in the morning, this is when we're supposed to be in the most severe yeah. chaos of our lives. I'm looking out the window. It, it's raining. Yeah, it's heavy rain. Yeah. you know, And, again, they were saying 100 mile an hour winds. I looked at the window. The, the, the leaves on the trees weren't even moving. There was yeah. no wind. On Sunday, it was very windy. So, that was interesting. Yeah, but on, look. All right. That we're not the, we, the, the who cares? Um so uh, that happened. And then you almost you almost were you were involved in riots. What oh. happened? Well I went to England bum 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 Yeah. And I did not know this, but evidently people were rioting yes. in England. Yes. And so I got there. You're, and... you're like in Home Alone, where the family and I think was I forget which it was Home Alone Two, I guess. The family show takes us want to take this vacation to Florida, and they show up, and it's a monsoon. Well, we get there. And uh, you know, we're, we go out to dinner. We're having a nice time. This is in London, in London, London, England, having a nice dinner. And then all of a sudden, one of the people working at the restaurant runs over, locks the doors, <laughs> starts screaming. And we look outside, and there's these uh, group of people with masks on and sticks like bashing a, a a window of a store across the street like convenience store yeah. like beating up the the guy in there with these sticks <laughs> i don't know what they're doing like just you know, just making a mess in there and Did then you take a video of this no what well, n- no what and then uh and then they run away like the video camera yeah, well i just i didn't get a video <sighs> so anyway so they run away, and then and we ask the the guy working there who's like freaking out. We're like, w- "What's happening? Is there a robbery?" Or said, "No, no, uh, uh, riot. Th- there's there's lot of riot over here." So Russian. <laughs> it's a Russian. Were there English people in England? Yeah, but this happened to be uh, I don't know. So the guy had a, a Russian accent. Yeah. So, um, he's like, "Yes, they're." There's many riots over here right now. I was like, oh, great. We just, uh, we, 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 we just literally just got there that day. The riots. And so, you know, supposedly something to do with some kind of shooting and it caused these riots. Yeah. I don't know. Who, who cares? But uh, I survived riots. Riots. Well, you saw riots. You didn't really, you weren't involved in the riots. It wasn't like, it was across the street. Okay. Anyway, you and I are still alive to continue producing the universe's Uh. best podcast, the Pawn Stevenson Show. All right, so you go to England. What the hell else did you do there? Did you you go to uh, any famous sites? Yes. We went to uh, Abbey Road. Now, wait, now, Now, what's in? What is Abbey? What's in there? I know the studio is there. Well, it's a road. I mean, it's, it's a road. Who cares? if It's a road. Because There's roads all over the place. Yeah. There, they all I know the same. because the Beatles. Oh, you, the famous where they're they walking couldn't. across the street. They they were walking across Abbey Road. Now, did you get a picture of yourself yes. walking across the road? Yes. I you must send show me this picture. Not now, but so all right. Here's the thing. It's in a neighborhood of London called St. John's Wood. I guess because there's a lot of trees. It's like woodsy. And all. all right. So, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're walking down. Now, is down that the where sh- the hooligans are? Well, no. hooligans. No, 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 no. We're walking down the street. We find the, uh, the, the intersection yeah. that the Beatles walked across on the album cover of Abbey Road, their album, yeah. 1969 and there's many tourists there from all over the world and the tourists walk up to us like you take our picture then we take your picture walking across more russians whatever greek uh you know pakistani anything yes so you know we took turns i took their picture they took our picture and of course it's right outside abbey road recording studio Um, but it's all like gated off and you can't really get in, but so that was cool. Um, and by the way, it's just a regular street. Yes. So I I can't imagine how anybody drives down the damn street. Well, there's these damn tourists there all the time. That's what I was going to say. The cars drive, the cars drive. And then like, I don't know. I, I guess there's some kind of understanding between the tourists and the people driving their cars on the street where it's like, all right, we'll let you, you know, drive, 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 drive. Okay. Now, 10 of us are going to like cross the street and, and we're going to take pictures. And the car, the people in the cars just sit there. <laughs> they're not honking. They're not screaming. So it's not carnivorous like New York. No. <clears throat> so, so then maybe like 10 batches of tourists will yes. get their pictures taken. And then the tourists understand, like, okay, we have to let yeah, the cars yeah. go now. Now, all right. So now that you go into the famous London Underground. Yes. Yeah. The London Underground that is London's subway system. Yes. Not um it took maybe like a day or two to really get the hang of the maps and the whole card system or whatever but we we got the hang of it and it was fine and um actually the New York City subway system and even the the New Jersey New York PATH train system you know it has like the 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 train cars with the hard plastic seats and everything uh these train cars actually had cushy upholstered cushioned seats yeah. which was very fancy it was it was very nice actually very nice interesting well um, we enjoyed the subway and i i think the nickname for it is the tube cuz it's underground and you're going through tubes uh what else we the London Eye, which is the largest, supposedly the largest Ferris wheel in the world. Who cares? They just put that up ten years ago. I'm just saying. We walked by... Did you go on it? Yes. You Once... went You went all the way up on the Ferris wheel? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I thought you'd throw up on rides. No, 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 no. No. The, the London Eye, it's not like a regular Ferris wheel, like at a carnival... Where the seat's swinging back and forth, and, you, ah, and you're going well, it's, it's, to fall fun. It's, um, in, instead of, like, little two-person seats, it's these pods that are yeah. basically, like, you know, let's say the size of this bedroom here. Really? And, you know, maybe, like, 15 people get on each pod. So, it's like, uh... And it's all windows. All Each pod is all windows. Ah, that's so you're riding in a pod with maybe 10 15 other people Wait, so it's it's like though that sky car thing like great adventure yes except it's going around in a circle instead yeah. of you know instead of like like a ski lift it's strange anyway so we got to see the whole uh, topographical view of of uh, london yeah. we did that we did um uh, what do you call it um uh, what was I going to say? The I... The House, oh, Uh, w- Westminster Abbey, um, Big Ben. It's Big Ben, kids. It's Parliament. Which supposedly actually isn't Big Ben, but people call it Big Ben anyway. I don't know. It's, uh... It's, um... They one, call... one of the other clocks is really Big Ben, no. but people call this it's one Big, Big ben. ben. I don't know. went to London Bridge or Tower Bridge, whatever the hell it's called there. The old bridge. Where the old bridge? Look at that. Right, never mind. You know the original London Bridge is in uh, Arizona. What? Not. Yes. Why? Well, they replaced it many years ago, uh, and they they moved it brick by brick in the middle of nowhere in Arizona. It was a, strange. Anyway, um, yes. now how was the food? People say the food in in England is bad. Not true. But did you eat English food, or were you at a Russian restaurant the whole time? <laughs> no. Maybe in the past, years ago, maybe British food was bland or, yeah. or you know, who knows. But in the year 2011, we went to many different restaurants, many different uh types of food. And it was very good. Yeah. Very good. You know, tacos, nachos, burgers, that's pastas. Not Ang- well, that's not English, food. No, but pastas, Japanese, Chinese, yeah. you know, it's like all, you could get any kind of food. It's all delicious. Um, the food was good. The people were very, very friendly. Everybody was helpful and kind. And and um, now, now, how did they talk? Did they talk like Dick Van Dyke's? Hello, English? hello, Hi, Governor. Hi, did you talk like this, Governor? Huh? how <laughs> <No>, I <don't> all <laughs> talk over there. Kind of, yeah. Did uh, you understand them? For the most part, yes. I will say it was... London was very... It's it's weird because, let's say, like, I'm used to a place like New York City where I go to work and I lived there. And it's very old, obviously. A lot of the buildings are very old. Well, actually, no, not really. Not London. No, 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 no. I'm saying in New York City, a lot of the buildings are very old. Stop it. Um... And obviously, you know, people can tell because it's all falling apart and it's garbage and it's it's just very gritty and it's like dirty and crowded. But in London, we were walking by these hundreds, you know, hundreds, hundreds of year old buildings. The buildings were in pristine condition. The city was almost immaculate. It was so clean I never felt like there was overcrowding. The people were very friendly. No well, that's litter. That's like Canada. Yes, exactly. And not only that, but again, in New York City, it's a lot of buildings. It's a lot of gray, the gray street, the gray sidewalk, the gray buildings. I noticed that. In London, it was a lot of everywhere we went, trees, trees, gardens, flowers, wow. trees, walking down. a... Yeah. a a street in London—it's yeah, like lined with millions of trees. Yeah, yeah See, but here's the thing, which do. I like. Yes, it, it, it made what, a big difference. Here's what you have to remember about London: the city prior to World War II uh, looked a lot like the Charles Dickens London. You know, where it was right. a very, it was very like New York City. Uh, even worse, <laughs> uh, no, 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 much worse. It was very, it was very old. Yeah. Most of it was blown to bits by the Germans in in the Blitzkrieg, you know, and and so they had to rebuild it all. So that's why you know it's it's much more modern in that sense, much cleaner than they were, you know. They were able to to do all that, you know, at that time. But the weird thing is, it was very chilly over there. Usually, not not a well, ton of rain. Well, there listen, there wasn't a lot of rain. Yeah. It was mostly sunny most of the time, and when it when it did rain, it was maybe for like forty five minutes and then it was back to being sunny. Yeah. you know, like how here it's like when it rains, it's like two days of rain wow. over there it was like forty minutes done. It was chilly, so we asked the person at the hotel, like Is this normal uh London weather for the summer, and the guy at the hotel said no. You, you know, it's a bit warmer than normal. So he said, "No, we usually do get a summer over here, love." <laughs> um, he he said they they do get a warm summer over there. For some reason, this year they just did not get a summer. Yeah, it was like, you know, like fifty nine degrees Fahrenheit in the middle of August. Well, uh, you know, when the global warming kicks in, they're they're all going to die over there. So it was very nice. We had a great time. We also went to Liverpool. Oh, they did look. Did you look up the, the impersonators that we know? <laughs> no. Why not? They're on the street. No. Gonna I didn't run easily. into them. So we went to Paul McCartney's childhood home, no. John Lennon's childhood home. No, okay. We went to the Cavern Club. I played at the Cavern Club. What did you play? Drums. Wait, you just walk up and play drums? No. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, we took a a, a a Beatles bus tour. Oh, boy. That was run by the Cavern Club. Yeah. And at the end of the bus tour, the, the, the tour guide said, Okay, um, who here on the bus tour is coming to the Cavern Club tonight? And we raised our hands, and, and he said, Okay, tonight is one of the nights where... We have the house band. There, there, There's there's two rooms. In one room, there was a Beatles tribute band playing. And then in the other room, there's just the house band. And he so said, this is one of the nights where if you're in the audience and you play an instrument, you could come up and play with the house band. Ah, all right. So we had tickets to see the Beatles tribute band. And also, coincidentally, when they went on their break... The guy from the bus tour said, "Okay, come find me." So I went and found him, and he got me up, and I played three songs at the Cavern Club. Impressive. Which was, yeah, that was cool. And then, are uh, there pictures and video of this? Yeah, I have video. Okay. Uh, and so we did that. We did um, a lot of museums, a lot of again, a lot of restaurants, and you know, just like walking around and and. Uh, I don't know, for some reason, we had done a lot of research about London. And we knew where to go, we knew the neighborhoods and how to get there and everything. But we, for some reason, we just did not do much research about Liverpool. And and I don't know why, but I just assumed, I, I envisioned it being this quaint little, uh, you know, old-fashioned fishing town. And and we get there, and it's like, it's like a modern, you know, cosmopolitan what city. Was it was? I didn't. Know, I just. I don't know why I assumed it would be this old, little quaint village. It was like a nice modern city. It was like New York City. It was mm. like, you know, clubs and restaurants and and museums and all that stuff. Yeah. So it was very good. No celebrities, unfortunately. Yeah. I didn't run into Ringo. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see uh, Hugh Grant or Ugh. or uh, Michael Kane Oh, Michael Caine. Ma- Michael Caine. Hey. I didn't. I didn't see Ricky Gervais. <laughs> well, a lot of those people are in Los Angeles most of the time, anyway. What's right. next? Um, Any other questions? No. Right. You get mugged. No, no buggings, no uh no no Oh, they they do have everywhere you go there are the old fashioned looking red telephone booths. Yeah. And they function. Of course. <laughs> also I will say, since we are the ultimate pop culture podcast, at the hotel we would watch T V at night. And of course they have cable or you know, whatever it's they have over there.
1: So we, we would watch T V.
0: And they had, you know, however many, a couple dozen channels. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> naked? No, 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 nobody was naked. But as much as we really loved being in England and we loved pretty much almost everything about it, I have to say the TV there was terrible. Oh, boy. Because it was like, it was a couple of news channels and then reality shows. Uh oh. I know. They they No just, Seinfeld's like, oh it's no. eleven o'clock, put on Seinfeld. No. Wait, where's Seinfeld? Where's King of Queens? Where's The Office? Where's anything? No, they don't watch Reality of shows. I think Reality th- Shows. I think that's a lot of that stuff some of that stuff is on their cable channels, some of the more obscure cause I remember years ago, uh, certain science fiction shows would, would would get to England, you know, maybe a year later or something like that, maybe on these certain channels. Yeah. Um. But they were like uh, they were the like more obscure cable channels. The other it was yes, it was everything else was reality TV. And the ridiculous part was they would have they they actually would have they had celebrities. You know some of these reality TV people would become celebrities, but there was other people who would be in these reality shows who were supposed to be celebrities. And I've seen like clips of them and different things, and I'm like who who are these people? Who are these people? And who are these people? I mean, I could say it'd be literally, it, it would, it would be like taking Uncle Floyd, <laughs> who is everybody who, who knows like Northern New Jersey, you know, uh, New York, local access from the seventies and eighties, early nineties knows this Uncle Floyd guy. Nobody in the rest of the country really would know who this is. <laughs> And it was like they would like that kind of a guy would be put on like some reality show as a celebrity and be like, who is this? Who is this? Because all the real celebrities over there would never do any of these shows. Uh, Right. Not to mention that half of them don't live there because they don't want to pay the taxes. (coughs) But yeah, a lot lot of uh, a lot of reality uh, television there. No question. Hello, hello, Governor. Oi, oi, oi. Um, alright, so... That's, yes, that's, that's right, love. Now, speaking of Paul McCartney, there's this this um, documentary that got released just, just, I think it's been on Showtime. It's called The Love We Make. That's right, love. Oh yeah, like, you know, it's uh, the Beatles. So, uh, uh, you know, it's me, Paul McCartney, and I made this... I made this documentary after 9-11 and I did that move. I did that show in Madison Square Garden Love. And, um, you know, that's how he talks now. Right. Like he used to do like, that's right, love. And, and now he's like this, like, you know, I did, I did this, 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 and you know, I want to do this thing. And, and so anyway, remember the, after 9-11, they had that big concert, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And he, he basically, I mean, he didn't arrange it, but, He said, I'm going to do it, you know. Well, he uh, headlined it. Yes. No, I know, but he he headlined it, but he was the force behind it. So everybody was like, all right, well, McCartney's doing it. We got to do it. So, you know, he got all celebrities. And it wasn't just, it was Jim Carrey was there. It wasn't wasn't just musical people. I'll kill him. Oh. So the documentary, the only bad thing about this documentary, I'll say, before hand, was that it, it wasn't shot in HD. You know, this is 2001, so. Alrighty then. Yeah. So um, it's, it's Paul, you know, so it's it follows Paul McCartney and, and him working on that album that he did with the, you know, the classical. Talking about freedom, you know, that. Oh, that, Driving Rain. Yeah, yeah so that, that song. It's terrible. No. Wow. So, um, you know, it, it, and he's doing that and he's talking about that. So, you know, it follows him over the, you know, the few days leading up to the, concert and it's all backstage and and intercuts with with the performances and all that it's pretty you know very pretty good and um there's a lot of this you know interaction with him and, and it's it's one of the cool parts about this thing is you you see the interaction of him with these other you know musical you know famous people Pete Townsend and uh Bon Jovi well, i yeah I think he was there too um well actually he was yeah he was there but he like him, Howard Stern. Different people were in the hallway when McCartney was walking through, and and they were like saying hello to him. And he, you could tell he just didn't, he just didn't want to be bothered with them, you know, Paul okay. McCartney. Um, but you know the show I'm talking to Eric Clapton, and I feel so bad. Here's Clapton, who I hate. What He's the best Come on. best blues rock guitarist? Ever. He's a chinless drug addict. Look, he hasn't done drugs a long time. Well, no, but, no, whatever. Anyway, he's the best. So um, they got him there, and he's so he's talking to him, and it's, I feel bad because here's McCartney going on and on about how he wrote this this song, you know, this freedom song, and you know he wrote this song. And he's like, oh, you know, I, I wanted to come up with this you know, upbeat song, you known freedom, and you know, you know, and they can't take it from us since freedom and and so democracy, and, and he's he's explaining this thing to. Clapton, and you could kind of really tell that Clapton is he's trying to to act interested <laughs> in this, and but you know deep down he's like, yeah I, I, I'm positive this song is garbage,? <laughs> but anyway, so he's talking to all these different people because at the end of his performance, he got like everybody else, the the actors, the the singers, everybody on stage. You know, to play at once. Kind of like his Rockestra... To, to do freedom. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, which you know <laughs> is going to be nonsense. I mean, how can 30 musicians be playing at the same no, time? This, it's not right. possible. Rockchester So, and that, because, you know, Pete Townsend was in Rockestra. Right. Yeah, it was stupid. Come on, that wasn't a bad song, the Rockchester <laughs> thing. Right? I mean, yeah. John Let's Bottom. Play it. Did you ever see a bunch of these, like, old musicians... They must have been somewhere like upstate New York or something. They were in a studio and they got together and they they literally got every single person from the original one, not the people, but every, you know how there was nine million musicians playing all different stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they got them like a, a replacement for all of them and they played the song. Wow, you should look it up now. That instrumental song. Yes, right, orchestra. Rok- yeah, look look huh. The orchestra that was um, the concert for Campo yes yeah cambodia was, was that 1980 yeah it's like 79 yeah because john bonham was in it and he hadn't died yet why did i just put 2011 no that's not right <laughs> <really. laughs> uh, uh, there we go 79 well that's yeah that's the original right um yeah, and Pete Townsend was in that, and David Gilmore. The, yeah, he was in that. It says I don't think so. But anyway, the in the original one on stage, they were all wearing like silver suits, except for Pete Townsend. He refused to do it, and McCartney called him a, essentially their term for gay person, <laughs> which was a poof. Uh, it was, a, it was like, oh, everybody's wearing a silver suit, but but Pete because he's a poof. <laughs> that was a poof. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, come on, where is this? And yeah, John Bonham, all the Wings guys were in this. So did Paul McCartney do it? the new one? No. Oh, uh, what the hell would he do that? I don't know. Where the hell is the, um... Uh... John Paul Jones, John Bonham... half of these other people are. Hey, come on, where? where, where, Let me stop this. Where is... Wait, 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 what's that? Oh, this is it! it, Rock 2! Yes, this is it. Here we go. It's like all old balding fat guys who are not famous. No, I don't know who the hell these people are. Hey, hang on. Hang on. Um, it says, on May 31st, 2009, 27 musicians got together to recreate Paul McCartney's orchestra theme. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> and as you're watching this thing, you can get the... the um, you know, the the perception of what it was originally and how ridiculous this was Well, it's like you know, 17 people just strumming chords on a guitar. 27 Oh, in total oh, Yeah, in total Actually, the only bad thing about this was the guy doing the McCartan, yeah. like singing. He's terrible. He won't <laughs> shut up Someone someone uh, banging on the xylophone. <laughs> I mean, they can't even fit him in the studio. If they're hanging off at of a ceiling. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what is that guy hitting? Tambourine. What is that supposed to be that they're saying? I don't Nobody think it's supposed knows. to be anything. All right. So anyway, so my point being about this thing, let's get to the end here. My point being about this thing is, um, you know, the rock. If you have, as a musician, if you have 27 musicians, are they really all contributing music? No, or you have to selectively. I, I don't know. It's like ha- I mean I understand they're all playing the same. Okay, th- like, there's so many guitars that are playing the same exact notes. Right, because it's not a very complicated they're just strumming. Song. Yeah, they're just strumming the the the, the 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 you know rhythm guitar chords. You <laughs> don't get like overlap and and I guess not. No, well. I mean, there's no reason for it. There's no reason for... Right, and the 20... worst part, wait, hold on. The worst part is at the end of this thing, they have this like text up here. That says, I'd like to dedicate this performance to Keith Moon. They spelled Keith wrong. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> and they're um, on MySpace. Well, they were, you know, at the time. Orchestra 2. All right. So, um... That's all the Paul McCartney I want to discuss in this this episode. Do you... Have you ever eaten, maybe when you were little or like 10 years old or whatever, have you ever eaten at a pizzeria somewhere in New Jersey... A pizzeria! That has... When you go inside, you can sit down and eat. Mm -hmm. And on the wall, there is a painting of Marlon Brando. Oh man, though. man, that's right. Is this ringing a bell? oh' well, this a Godfather. This is gonna be an all- day, Have you land. ever eaten at this pizzeria? That's probably every pizzeria. That was the whole thing in the Spike <laughs> Lee movie. Uh, um, the hell was the one with Danny uh, Danny Aiello, and um, no. being a menace to society. do the right thing. Oh. Uh, and in do the right thing, Danny Danny Aiello, who I was imitating before when I said. A pizzeria! Um, from another movie, is, um... He, he owns the pizzeria, and it's in, like, you know, a black section of the Bronx or something like that. And he owns a pizzeria there, and he's got all these pictures on the wall of all these famous Italian-Americans. And, uh, eventually, uh, you know, there's a fight, and then the cops come, and police brutality, and then the place burns down, and whatever, but... So it was a you know one of the great movies I guess of all time that people say, but anyway, it was kind of a stereotype in the sense that you go to the pizzeria and it has you know the Italian uh soccer team picture on the wall <laughs> and you know the map of Italy on the wall and all that stuff no but when when I was so with Loren uh, growing the, up, we used to go to this pizzeria ginos no 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 it, it, pizza and? no it wasn't no it wasn't in Belleville. what oh. And we would sit down and eat, and it had a painting of Marlon Brando on the wall. Like, not not in a frame hanging yeah. on the wall, just on the wall itself. Yeah, that was the other thing. You'd have, they would, somebody would paint a mural on the wall. And I can't remember where it was or what know. the name of it was. It's making me crazy. Know. Is it Nutley? I don't know. I don't think so. A pizzeria! Know. You know, I was, not to get off topic here, but speaking of Marlon Brando... You know, this this Conrad Murray trial has started up, you know, for the Michael Jackson doctor. And... Uh, that's ignorant. Yeah, so they released... Well, they also they released the death photos of Michael Jackson. I've only had two nose jobs. Which was not pleasant to look at. My hair was on fire. So, um, but anyway, they, they released this audio that they had of him from several days before. That they're, they're saying he's drunk and incoherent. And uh, you heard it, right? It was like... Nonsense. I have vitiligo. But what does it sound like? I mean, I have the, well, <laughs> I have that here, but I don't know if I could imitate this. <laughs> it's on TMZ. I <laughs> Alright, this is this is just horrendous. Mm. How could how could that be Michael Jackson? I right, it it just it sounds terrible. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When I heard it the first time, I was like, hey, is this Michael Jackson or Marlon Brando? Yeah, uh, come <laughs> no, 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 no. on with my soul? That's got to be the best soul. <laughs> How does he look? seriously? How does he go from no, that's ignorant. I've only had two nose jobs. I love children, and then he goes from that to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, because he was all hopped no. up on all the drugs and everything. So it the, it the prescription it makes drugs. his voice go down an octave. No, he could barely talk. He was so uh, uh, intoxicated. Jeez, from what, uh, what beer? No, from the 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 tranquilizer, whatever oh, that stuff. That he was getting propofol. Why did he want that? Because he's insane. All right. Well, he's dead now. So, um... Where or is he? he? I don't know. It's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. So, um... I have discovered a scam. You know the, the books called Who's Who? No. Okay. So, when we were in high school... Oh, yeah. yeah I remember these. Yes, I have one, in fact. When we were in high school... The teachers would give out these forms. Yeah. It's like if you write a check for $100 and you write your name on this form, this book company will put your name in this book called Who's Who. Yeah. And they do this every year for high school students. Yeah. And it's like, well, so basically it's just a book of names. Yeah, it, it, you put your and name it's it's a book of names of people who sent in a check to be in the book of names. Yes, and if you put a bigger check, you would get a you would be in a different section of the book, and you could actually put a your picture. It was like a yearbook for but the whole country. What's the point? I I don't know. It's a scam. It was and is my our stupid friend Chris. I had I wasn't gonna do this. I didn't do and it. And he's like, you gotta put your you gotta get in this thing. I'm like, why? Otherwise, you won't get into a college. (laughs) we were juniors when we put it in there. I was like, Chris, who cares? So, yeah, I got the book back. It didn't cost that much money. but still. Probably like 20, 25 bucks or something. So, I get it back, and I'm like, who cares about this thing? This is stupid. So, we're going to start the Paunch-Stevenson show. This is Get Rich Quick. The Paunch-Stevenson show... Book of Who's Who All you have to do is send us a check for fifty dollars. <laughs> fifty. And once a year we will print a book. And a picture. And a picture. Yeah, send them your picture. Well no, well that's that's a hundred if you want the picture. No, it should be the same amount. Alright, so fifty dollars, send us your name and a picture and you know once me, I a have year, to have pictures in a book. Once a year we will publish a book of all the people who sent us money. That's awesome, right? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it. It's absurd. I never understood the point of it. There was also this other thing called Golden Key. Um, this was some kind of honor net. It was like an honor society, Golden Key or something. And this was once I was in college and it was shortly before I graduated. They, um, You know, they, they sent me this letter or whatever. And, and I don't, I don't think I had, maybe I had to pay like a very small amount. It's like, oh, now you're in whatever. And, and, you know, you know, I never really got anything from it except that they had this like awards dinner and I got, you know, a a certificate. Did you have to pay for the dinner? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Most likely. Uh, it was it was in Rutgers. It was right in the campus. So, But it was really strange. I I just don't know why I did that. I don't know. Live and learn. Get rich quick. Whatever. So, next. Is that it for you? Uh, well, uh, I don't know if you saw this. I'll mention very quickly. Yeah. You know the Apple iPad? Right, the Apple iPad yeah. tablet. Well, now... Kindles? The Amazon Kindle Fire. Amazon's color tablet. It's coming out November 15th. You can pre order it now on Mm Amazon.com. How much is Apple's iPad? $400. $500. And that's for the cheap one. The Amazon. The iPad goes all the way up to $800 if you want 3G and blah, blah, blah. So. The Amazon Kindle Fire, two hundred dollars. Is it the same size? Seven inches, Seven instead inches of instead small. of ten inches. But well, it's a little, uh, it's a little tight. Is it as fast? You know, does it? Well, it has a dual core CPU. But does it run all the the app all the apps that the iPad has? No. Well, the iPad runs iOS. This runs. Uh, a version of Android. I know, but see, this is the problem is all these, you know, all these companies and everything that, you know, like sports and stuff, they make these apps, right? Right. But they're doing it for the iPad. But those apps aren't going to work on these other devices. Unless they make a version. They're not going to. How many versions can you make of something? It's ridiculous. No, there's there's a lot of Android support. I don't Anyway, I'm just mentioning. I'm not going to buy either one, but... Just mention. It. I've thought about it. I've thought about one of these things. I really have, rather than like a laptop. Yeah, because um, I have just old junky laptops. Because oh, I, I thought that said Michael Jackson. <laughs> I need something when I'm on the toilet. I'm on the bowl. I need I need some toilet literature. The the, the Amazon Fire. This is exactly two hundred bucks. I I put it on because you know I got the Wi-Fi in the house with the Verizon, and exactly. then I I get this. And, and then I I, 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 uh, I can read whatever I want technically. Exactly. So anyway, a Christmas present to yourself. Of course. All right. cool. Next. All right. So uh, oh man, minutes? Curb your enthusiasm. What? So no, what? Recent season, no, Larry. Recent season eight finished. You don't have HBO. You didn't watch it. So I got it by nefarious means. I gave you a a kind of a lower resolution. I gave you the whole season. You watched the whole season in a couple of days. Oh, yeah. Now, the thing was, I had warned you. And I said, don't watch the first, like, five episodes where they're still in Los Angeles. Because I didn't think they were funny. I didn't really like them. I didn't think the season got funny until the end of the fifth episode when they... Larry got into a predicament and had to go to New York, and then from then on they were in New York. And I thought each episode was really funny while they were in New York. I thought the the whole thing was funny. The the some of the situations were funny in the Los Angeles ones, but I I just didn't find the episodes. Fun- I it just seemed like they were they were always reaching. Like Susie was was trying to be extra nasty and. And oh. Funkhauser was in every scene. It was like, no, you don't need him in every scene. What, Larry? Timeless. What? What do you mean? Larry, no, I'm, I'm going to get all the kind of residuals I'm going to get from being in every scene here, Larry. You put me in every scene. There. Uh, I, I, thought every, I thought all the episodes were very funny. Uh, I, just, I, I really enjoyed Was it season eight now? Yeah. It was season eight. I, I enjoyed it. I thought of, I, I, it was... Very funny. I thought, yeah, the New York ones were, all well, hey, well, spoiler, spoiler. No. Uh, so, basically, I guess we'll do this real quick. Um, the first episode, it starts off where the last episode from the season seven ended, the Seinfeld episode. You don't respect Wood? Yeah, it was him and the wife, maybe they're going to get back together, but then he annoys her by by you know with the thing where she she leaves the spot on the, on the on the coffee table all right so so the first episode well that's the first episode is you know he has this good divorce divorce lawyer played by uh paul f tompkins right right he was the first one he was the he was the jewish lawyer no he was not jewish Yes. He was pretending to be Jewish. No, he didn't he just never said that he was well, or he wasn't. He had his name was I forget what his name was, it was like Burn. Yeah, Burns or something. It something was, burn. Yeah, it was like you couldn't tell. So, um and then stupid like Richard Lewis was telling him, You Larry, you you're gonna get a Jewish lawyer, Larry. And uh, and Jeff, of course What? Why you ever what am you're a Jewish lawyer? What? So then he went and found this Jewish lawyer who was like this, you know, ambulance chasing, you know, dingbat, <laughs> right, and totally screwed him. And then Cheryl got all this stuff, and he got screwed. And so, um, oh, and then the uh, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Gary Cole played the oh, yeah, owner of yeah. the Dodgers. He was uh, uh, it was a take on the real owner uh, who was in financial trouble, and he got a divorce and and all that stuff, and. um and he got into a fight with the daughter who was selling Girl Scout cookies, which that, that was, was funny. Yeah, I know, but it was like ah, uh, it was it was too predictable for me, too predictable. All right, then the next one um, <laughs> is Richard Lewis get is has another girlfriend, and she was a burlesque performer um, with large breasts, <laughs> right, and it, something like that. Yeah. And 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 what happened? Uh Larry, Marty and uh and Jeff go to see her perform. Yes. Larry has lunch with Richard Lewis the next day and mentions it. He says, You know, I thought you know when when you got undressed, I thought I saw a mole. So she goes to the doctor. Right, yes. And she decides to have breast augmentation, which is no. shrinking. Reduction. Reduction, yes. We'll same thing. And then Richard Lewis oh, no, is... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Richard it's Lewis 30, is all man. <laughs> I finally found somebody... <clears throat> Why do you even open your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and then the other thing was... Um, what the heck was that guy's name? Miner. Jerry Miner, who was... Uh, Saturday Night Live briefly. a black guy. And so... Oh, yeah. Somebody, yeah, there was some guy who left a laptop, and Larry had to leave. He's like, oh, can you watch it? I'm going to the bathroom. Larry had to leave and told the black guy to watch it. So he took it home with him, thinking, oh, well, you know, nobody's coming back for it or something. So then, you know, he's a really nice guy, and Larry thought he had stolen it. He's He's like, oh, yeah, just come by the house and leave it there. So in the meantime, Larry was getting really annoyed with Leon, who was still at his house. And while they were, he was at the doctor's office, I mean, he had some other injury for some reason. The doctor thought that Leon, who was berating him at, in the hospital, right. was physically abusing him. So they they told he told the cops. So the cops showed up looking to arrest Leon, and this poor guy, this other black guy, was mistaken for him because he was just a black guy, you know, and and they arrested him. So that part was funny. The rest of the episode was too predictable, but. The guy who owned the laptop, wasn't that the guy from Revenge of the Nerds? Booger. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. it was Booger. The hell was it? I forget his name. Um. Yeah, Booger. And then the third episode was with the Palestinian woman. No. who uh in this chicken place, Palestinian chicken place that no no Jews will go to. <laughs> so all the Jews who who were cheating on their wives go to this place to eat. And then Larry rounds up and winds up involved with the woman who's the owner there, and then it turns into this big art. The, yeah, well, because she, she saw him like beating up Funk House yes. and ripping off the yarmulke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gotta uh, wear your little hat now everywhere you go. Yeah. You gotta be so special. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see, the fourth one. Ah, uh, what happened there? He's dating a woman from the restaurant, the hostess at the restaurant. Right, right, and and that's the you know you don't you know poop where you eat thing, <laughs> and and uh, what's his name Richard Lewis is like Larry, well, right, you 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 can't break up with her, you'll never be able to eat here again. He's like, I'll eat here, I'll eat here again, I guarantee. So then at the end he <laughs> breaks up with her, and then. Um he goes to eat there and like somebody spits in his food and no, but he um his uh his his assistant's father died, and he yes. went, he went to the funeral of yes. of his assistant's father, yes, but the woman he broke up with was now, putting... is this the same no it's not the same assistant, no with no, the no. ping on the in the no. bathroom no, and the no difference but the woman that he broke up with from the restaurant was putting uh, sunblock on yes. his head. Yes. And she did it in such a way that he got sunburnt and it made a smiley face <laughs> on the top of his head. So he shows up to this funeral <laughs> yeah. with a smiley face on the top of his head. It was hilarious. Well, then he starts talking to the widow. Yeah. And... And then she's like, you know, I used to be a, a personal assistant. She's like, I could take, you know, my daughter's place while she's grieving or whatever. I need something yeah. to do. So she does that. Now, in the meantime, Jeff, uh, Susie thinks Jeff is cheating on her, which no, I think he was. He always is. Well, and so she comes by the office. In the meantime, Jeff is there, and he starts talking to this woman. She starts crying about the husband dying, hugging her. <laughs> you see Susie shows oh, up. Man. And mouthing like... You know. <laughs> the other funny part of that episode was dog, dog. the kitchen. Oh yeah, Harry Hamlin. Yes, and they're fighting over the kitchen. You it's never like, give on. up a cabinet. Yeah. So then, um, the fifth episode is apparently the, the Greens, Susie and Jeff, have this friend who, who's not deaf, he's not a mute, but he took some kind of vow of silence for some reason. Well. Religious, So purposes, he can't talk. And... <laughs> he can't talk. So Larry has, you know, they get into these arguments and, and he's trying to rat him out. He can't rat him out because he, he can't the dog. talk. What? Oscar. Yes, yes. Oscar the dog has to be put to sleep. Last, me- Susie wants his last meal, some kind of ice cream or something. They Pink, go to the ice cream Pink place. Barry. They go to the ice cream place. They're waiting in line. They're fighting with the people about cutting. Finally, they get it. Then they're making fun of the guy who can't, can't talk. Right. They eat the ice cream, which I've never made under, made no sense. These guys are rich. Why don't you just buy extra ice cream? <laughs> I don't know. They eat the ice cream. There's no ice cream to give to the dog. And then at the end, stupid Larry get, you know, annoys the, the, the guy who won't talk. He blurts out cursing at him, Larry ate the dog's ice cream, and of course... Because the the guy who took the vow of silence doesn't know how to park his car correctly. He always takes up two spaces. Now, in the meantime, the other piece of... the other subplot is in the meantime, Larry sees this guy who he must know or something who's annoying, and he can't stand him. And he... Oh, no, 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 it wasn't him. It was Michael McKeon. Yes. Michael McKean has been on the show before. He has some kind of retarded kid and he does some charity for them. He keeps asking Larry to come to this camp where they bring the kids. Right. And Larry keeps saying, yeah, I'd love to do it, but he's making up excuses. Like, yeah, I'd love to do it. When is it? Oh, it's this Saturday. Oh, I have, uh, I have a doctor's appointment. (laughs) Yeah, something. Now he can't. Now the thing was, him and Richard Lewis are supposed to have some kind of lunch or something and he keeps canceling and Richard Lewis is like he's like oh no 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 Larry's like to, to Richard Lewis why didn't you show up to lunch where, where were you you didn't confirm you didn't confirm I don't mean you gotta confirm huh? you don't have to confirm what <laughs> you don't have to confirm what's this just just a mere mention of it he's a confirmation right so I'm confirming now you're confirming now I'm confirming now you better be there Larry I'll be there So he makes up the, you know, so then he sees the Michael McKean guy and he goes, it's like, Larry, I want you to come. He's like, I'm going to be in New York. He's like, Oh, okay. Uh, My friend out there has got this empty apartment. You can rent it out for the time you're out there. Be perfect. He's like, Oh, okay. So Larry has no intention of going to New York, but he has to now. Right. Now, in the meantime, it's all these subplots. Rich, uh, 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 Jeff and Susie have to go to New York. The daughter is doing something. Some musical, yeah. uh, Juilliard thing. So, the, and, and they're mad at Larry, but now he winds up going with them. And so at the end of the episode, they're flying to New York. You know, they have to go to New York. And guess who is in the last scene of the episode, which was classic, was the funniest part, was there's Richard Lewis. Sitting in the restaurant, <laughs> no, alone. No, Larry. Because Larry hasn't showed up. And you're just seeing him shaking his head like... Mm-hmm. "Go, <laughs> you don't have to confirm. You don't have yeah. to confirm. And now the sixth episode, they're in New York. They're on the plane. Larry tripped. There's some guy who was just being obnoxious to a flight attendant over totally. the top. So Larry goes to the bathroom, comes out, trips on his shoelaces... And falls on the guy who immediately goes from screaming and yelling to being a sissy. He gets back to his seat. He's sitting down next to this woman who was played by Samantha Mathis. And, um, he, you know, she's like, oh, you're the hero, right? But Susie has actually kind of figured out what was going on. She does that like the face. Sho- yeah, she saw the shoe. And like. She does that face. This is why Susie Espen is really funny. She does that like face like. It gets all scrunched up. Yeah, she like, nods her head. Like, yeah, I know what you're up to. So, uh, uh, so she knows. So they they show up in New York, and and Larry's trying to date this woman now, and Richard Gervais is there. Ricky, and, and, yeah, Ricky Gervais. Sorry, and So he's there, and he's Jeff is trying to sign him as his manager, and Gervais is doing some Broadway show or something or other. <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> well, they never showed it, but oh yeah, they did show yeah, it. Some one man like thing. A little bit. So they they and then you know he starts fighting with Larry's and and then they and they they're in the show and and they start talking and everybody's like and Gervais's performance is put off because he's talking, and um, so they're, they're, they're everybody's annoyed. And so then at the end, they have this dinner party where Susie seats everybody all over the place and Larry gets mad because the girl he's trying to go out with is talking to Ricky Gervais. And finally, so Larry gets all annoyed and... Oh, and, and um, the guy from Saturday Night Live was in it. C- Chris Parnell. Yeah. Chris Parnell. And so he gets him mad. And then <laughs> at the end, Susie gets so annoyed, she blurts out... Larry is a hero! He tripped over his shoelaces! But then so the woman and Ricky Gervais just yeah. think he's like some coward. Oh, and then and there's was, the waiter! No, 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 no. So then, yeah, there's the waiter. everyone thinks he was just a liar, he's mm. a coward, he didn't really save the day. So then he sees the woman get yes. on the subway with yes. Ricky Gervais. Yes. And he has that really hard loaf of Italian bread with him. Yes. He's in the next car sort of like spying on on this woman he was going out with, him, yeah. Ricky and Gervais. He sees them getting mugged. Yeah, and Gervais is a coward, basically. Yeah, yeah he's like sitting there crying. Yeah. So Larry David goes into the next subway car and starts hilariously beating the mugger. <laughs> With to, to, to the ground with this hard loaf of Italian bread, and the woman is so impressed. and he walks out of the train like feeling really yeah. proud and happy, and uh, <laughs> the, of course the subway doors close. His shoelace gets caught in it, and it starts pulling away. And he so starts like, running, and he does that face where he's like, "What? what <laughs> <do you> no!" <know?" laughs>
1: so of course yeah. it, it
0: it could not end on a high note. No, of course not. That was funny. And then the next episode is Larry competing with Rosie O'Donnell for this bisexual woman, which was hilarious, them yelling at each other, like, whether she's this woman's a lesbian or straight or not. Um, and that's the one where he has the, a, that annoying guy from Los Angeles yes, that he keeps lunch. trying to give him lunch, and he won't take it, and... And then the Japanese guy with the oh, how far you're supposed to bow over to be apologizing to the Japanese and oh yeah, that was that was funny. Now what what happened with the woman though? The end. Oh, what he um, he bent over or something, and the pill fell out of his pocket. Oh she's yeah, like, the... she's like you're juicing. Yes. Oh, she. They were going to some kind of... Um, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes. And and he couldn't get in. Because he was with her, and then he couldn't get in. Right. And but I think Rosie was there. so I forget. So it was really funny to see the competition. Oh, and then, for some reason, they were playing softball. And Rosie was on one softball team, and, J- and Jeff and Larry was on the other team. And right. Fighting over or whatever. And that would come up later, the softball. <laughs> Which is ironic because in real life, at at one time, Larry played on a softball team with comedians in New York. It was that's, in Central Park. Yeah, that's right. Cool. So then, oh, then the eighth episode. This is probably maybe the best episode. I don't know, but basically, there's like two things competing. Wanda Sykes shows up, and Larry has his personal trainer, and then Wanda Sykes. Gets the trainer, and then but then the trainer doesn't want to work with Larry anymore because she's paying him more. So they fight over that. Yeah, and then here's the funny part. There's I forget how this happened, but Jeff and Larry get talked into going to see some guy. Uh, Oh, Larry thinks he's an inventor. He he's like, I I have great ideas. I I come up with ideas. I'm an inventor. The skis. Yeah, it's the foldable ski. You know, the ski that folds. (laughs) And Jeff's like. He's like, oh, you've got some good ideas, but you can't put it into practice, Mom. <laughs> No, you're, you're not an inventor, you're an oh. idea man. Oh. So then they they somebody knows somebody or other, and there's this inventor, and he they go to see him, like, ah, oh, you know, he wants all this money for this invention, whatever, and and it, it, the invention is the car periscope, <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, what is this? This is some nonsense, right? Now they're in New York and so and you know there there is car periscope so the inventor is this good-looking guy right right and i think this had happened earlier on that larry, oh at first larry was was talking to some investor guy and he was losing money or something and and the guy had the investor guy was like a, a not an attractive guy but he had this really hot wife beautiful wife and larry and Jeff were like, well, what is that? No, nah, no, nah, that, 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 that's no good. You, know, you can't believe God like that. So then... Well, well Larry said, it's be- I'm, I'm, I don't want you managing my money yes. anymore because you don't have integrity. Yeah. You're, you're a very shallow person. Uh, you don't have integrity. So then they find this guy, and it turns out he has this, like, you know, overweight, uh, uh, less attractive wife who was played by... Um, Ada Totoro from Mrs. Branos. Oh yeah, and so uh, you know they got her, and so this guy submentions the car periscope, and they're like, oh, well, well, I don't know. And then they see his wife, they're like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. So this, then this guy has integrity. Yeah, he's so, not shallow. So then they give him, the, he shows him the, the prototype, which is in this like old beat up like Volvo or something. Yeah, and the basically the car periscope is. The guy has cut a hole in the roof, to say nothing of what happens when it rains or nothing or snows. He's cut a hole in the roof, and it's literally like a periscope like a like a you know, like a child would make one for a science fair. You know, this huge thing sticking you know six feet out of the car and the passenger guy is is looking at it through like a like a submarine periscope. So right. here's Larry driving, stupid Jeff is is looking with the periscope. <laughs> And then later on, you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, this, this is kind of cool. So then later on, um, uh, you know, Larry uh, and and Jeff and and Susie are in the car, and they're trying to get somewhere on time, to some movie or something, something or other. And they're like, uh, oh, you know, where where we go? We don't know where. So Larry's like, the car periscope. <laughs> so they get the periscope, and they and they're looking like, and it's New York, and it's typical New York. They're on a street. There's Stupid delivery trucks all over, you know, you can't tell where the hell anything's going. You don't know where to go. Yeah. And they're look, and it was brilliant. They look through the periscope and they can see above the trucks. And Jeff's like, just go to this lane here. And then they start moving. And Susie's like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. This is incredible. This is a great invention. It was just amazing how they came up with that invention, which was so, so, it was so similar to what they would have done in Seinfeld. And of course, at the end, uh Larry gets mad that the woman, that the guy's wife, is eating his popcorn. Sorry, <clears throat> eating his popcorn, and then she has a fit, and of course, that it winds up being disaster. And he goes to one, he has some new guy to, to for investing, and the guy's like, he's like, yeah, Larry, I'll do a great job. You hear about this car periscope thing? Everybody's <laughs> putting money into. He's like, no, 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 it's garbage. <laughs> I don't want to invest in it. Yeah. All right, it's in the ninth episode called Mr. Softy. Oh, man. This one basically is... This is the... <coughs> one. This is the one with... This, this is the one with the car seat, right? Or no? <laughs> the Maybe car was, seat? The last one. The seat in his car that kept moving. Oh. Um, yeah, what was this? No, yeah, that is the one. Sure? Yes. I know man, in this... And a gas tire. Gas tire, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, yes. Because this is the one where he has a... a he has a uh, a flashback when he was a kid, right. and he was like trying to get some I don't know some you know making out with some girl in the Mister Softy truck. And he's naked. Yes, and he winds up naked because she took all of his clothes, <laughs> and all these like you know gangster guys are laughing at him. And that oh, and that's when the first time he used the term pretty 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 good. Right. And then um, you know so but it was a bad memory, and every time he hears the Mister Softy. He goes nuts. So then he winds up getting his car fixed by this stupid guy who was Robert Schmeigel. Oh, who was yeah. the you know the Yugoslavian talking the insult yeah, dog yeah, guy yeah, yeah. from Saturday Night Live. So um, wait, I'm trying to think. I don't think I saw. Did I see the last episode? Larry versus Michael you J. Had Fox. To I don't think I ever saw it. What? You had to have. Did that air? Yeah, two two million viewers. I do not remember seeing that episode. Well, wait, so episode nine. Okay, so in the ninth one was the one, was that the one with Bill Bill Buckner? Buckner. Yes, that was brilliant. I thought that was the last episode. Love. All right, so what happens is Jeff Mookie is a Mets fan or something. Susie wants... Larry, they get this baseball signed by Mookie Wilson at this, like, autograph show. Right. So he goes there, lines too long for Mookie, nobody's there for Bill Buckner, starts talking to Bill Buckner, becomes his friend because Buckner just gets the autograph real easy. So they get it, you know, they bring it back to the apartment, and, and for some stupid reason, Larry throws the ball at Buckner, who misses <laughs> it and it goes out the window. Of course. Susie, and then they're screaming at him, making fun of him for missing the ball in the World Series, and... You know, and, and so here's Bill, poor Bill Buckner's been made fun of for all these years for that, for that play. And so they, they keep going and, well, this is after Larry blew the, uh, the, he blew the softball championship for this guy. Well, the, because the, ball the Mr. softy. And, yeah, and went under went his through my, legs, right. And so it's like, get out of my, my place. You'll I'll never fix your car again. So after all that, oh, so then, there's the car seat. And the car seat was moving around and I guess gave uh, you know, the, the... <laughs> women. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the sexual pleasure or whatever to the Anagoster character. And hold on. Okay. So then it happens to her. So then Larry was driving somewhere or other and Susie shows up and um I forget what happened, but she needed a ride immediately, or somebody she knew house was on fire. So Larry's like, no, 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 sit in the back. She's like, I'm not sitting in the back. So she sits on the seat. And as they're driving, she's, it's happening to her. And you see the face on Larry David. He's like, oh, it's hilarious. Very uh, disgusted. So they show up, and for some reason, Buckner is there. And they're like, throw the baby out the window. The house is on fire. They throw the baby out the window. And Buckner catches the baby, of all people, and redeems himself, like Michael Richards last year, after all these years. Now, this 10th episode, I don't remember this Michael J. Fox or Jeff getting shot. Hold on. Anna Gaston. I thought the ninth one was the final episode. It was that good, I thought it was the last episode. Tell me if you remember this I didn't see it I'm telling you Anna Gasteyer Is playing a piano At a hotel No I don't Just like in the background You know Like just lounge music Yeah And Larry's there Watching her As if this is a concert So everyone who's sitting In the hotel lounge Talking He's like Shh Shut up She's trying to play Yeah So Michael J. Fox walks in and he tells, you know, he's talking and he tells Michael J. Fox to shut up. His girlfriend's trying to play the piano, whatever. So um, the whole episode, they're just like, Michael J. Fox, like, keeps, like, trying to beat up Larry and, like, yelling at him and waking him up in the middle of the night. And, like, just keeps pestering him. And Larry keeps trying to tell the people at the hotel, like, you know, Michael J. Fox, like, yeah. Pushed me out of the elevator. He's stomping on the floor in the middle of the night with work boots. He's, you know, he's like pushing me. Yeah. And they're like, How dare you? Don't you ever say anything bad about Michael J. Fox or we'll throw you out of this whole town. Yeah. So um, um, they, they kind of make up and Michael yeah. J. Fox is like, All right, look, come to this benefit I'm having. It's a fundraiser for Parkinson's disease. All right. So Jeff and uh, seriously well, no, Jeff and Larry are at this fundraiser, and Jeff was like, you know, did you? Uh, Larry was buying a birthday present for this boy, of Anna Gasteyer. So Jeff, you know, Michael J. Fox is up there talking into the microphone. So Jeff kind of whispers, like, "Did you get the birthday present?" And Larry mimes. Playing a violin, He bought the boy a violin, so he starts miming playing a violin. Which act, is something, like acting isn't it that something that you do when somebody's like whining? Right. So Michael J. Fox looks up. He's like, "Oh, oh, great, Larry, you're 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 giving me the violin sign. Come on, I thought you would take this seriously." And Michael Bloomberg is there, the mayor of New York yeah. City, and he gets up in the microphone. He's like, "You know what, Larry? We're throwing you out of New York." <laughs> He's like, "What? I'm a New Yorker. You can't do that. I'm a New." He's like, "You're not a New. York. You're the worst person. you You're not a New Yorker. We're kicking. We're banning you from New York." Wow. Well, <laughs> so, uh, I guess that's a fitting end. So I forget what happens, but somehow, maybe the Michael McKeon guy, somehow someone asks him to do something to like show up somewhere, and he doesn't want to do it. He's like, "Oh." It's it's next Wednesday. Oh, I'm going to be out of town. I can't believe this. I wanted to do it so bad. And uh, so, so then it cuts to him in Paris. <laughs> now he has to fly to Paris to get out of doing whatever it is someone asked him to do. It's never ending. And it ends. He's in Paris. He's walking around, yeah. like, kind of eating something yeah. or whatever. And he turns around and he looks and a person pulls into a parking spot and takes up two spots. (laughs) And he gets into a fight with the person and it ends. Ah, Brilliant. (laughs) I thought it was very funny. That sounds very funny. I can't believe I didn't see that. Oh. And the funniest part was that. Like every time Michael J. Fox pushes him, or is like yeah. stomping on the floor, wakes him up in the middle of the night, he's like, or you know, he's like giving him dirty looks across the room. He's like, "You just gave me a dirty look." No, no, it's Parkinson's. It's Parkinson's. <laughs> or like he pushes him out of the elevator. Yeah. You just pushed me out of the elevator. No, it's Parkinson's. I, you know, I, 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 I have this disease. I shake. I, yeah. I, I shake. I can't control my muscles. It's Parkinson's by the end of the episode, he's telling the people who work at the hotel, like, you don't understand. He's he's using Parkinson's to get away with <laughs> everything. He's taking advantage of the Parkinson's. That wasn't Parkinson's. That was a push. That wasn't Parkinson's. Yeah. It, 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 just the way he was saying it was hilarious. Alright, so real quick, we'll review this book that you had here. It's called The Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. Larry David and the Making of Seinfeld and Curb Enthusiasm. It's written by... I don't know. Josh Levine, or is it Josh Levine? I don't know. Selsa? Selsa? I don't know. But, um, it's actually the same, uh, press as, uh, the Cassine Gaines, uh, P.B. Herman book. Oh, really? ECW <laughs> Press. ECW? Yeah. Like the wrestling? I, I don't know. I don't know if it's anything to do with that, but, uh. They publish books now? Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of a behind the scenes book. I don't know how many behind the scenes books there are of, Larry David, maybe this is the only one, but. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty good. You know, I, I like the, uh, how the, he talked about his background when he was in style, stand of comedy, when he was on the Friday show, which I was watching some clips of him on, and he is appallingly <laughs> bad. Good morning, Mr. Duty. How are you, Mr. Duty? I mean, you can't even understand him. He's like, oh, how's it going? It. I'm watching one with him and Michael Richards in it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, look, oh, I'm, looking, look. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? what? Yeah. He just looked ridiculous. He just was a really bad actor. Yeah, the book's okay, I guess. Yeah, it's that's decent. and it has like an episode summary of Curb up through season seven. And But, you know, I was reading some of the episodes uh, summary things here, and it actually does a pretty good job of getting at all the different little plot arcs. Mm. It's a pretty good description. And there's a lot of things that I was like, oh, wow, I... I didn't even realize that they were doing that. Yeah. And yeah, then the other it's, funny it's thing is, book. you know, when he talks about... And you realize how many people in Seinfeld, and even more in Curb Your Enthusiasm, all these, like, guest actors, you are like, who is this guy? And most of these people are, are all people that Larry worked with when he was doing the stand-up or on Fridays, like, yeah. years before. Saturday Night Live, yeah. Well, it was only on Saturday Night Live briefly. For a year. <laughs> For a season. And, uh, yeah, I'm just... You look at the old pictures of him, they're just... <laughs> ridiculous. The giant afro. With this the is the guy who was in I Police mean. Academy. Who was he? Fackler. He was like the klutz. Uh uh-huh. Michael Richards. This guy I remember from a few things. And, I don't know who those other people are. <laughs> I have no idea, but, um... Yeah, they had, like you know the Seinfeld thing in it. Oh God! It's... <laughs> and then the other ridiculous thing whatever is how it works. was promoting whatever works, which was uh, terrible, absolutely terrible. But um, we reviewed that, however many episodes awful. back. Awful, you know. But I, I was reading that. Oh, and then Larry David, you know, he direct after he finished Seinfeld or left Seinfeld, he, he directed the Sour Grapes movie. Well, he wrote it. Yeah, which I've never I've never seen it. And apparently, supposedly, it's horrendous. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny, and, and you know, you get kind of behind the scenes. And you, it, the thing about Larry is, this is a guy who is like, even in real life, he's like neurotic in the sense that he he just he wanted, he literally wanted Seinfeld to be canceled after the first season, like right away. It's just crazy because he just he just didn't want to write it, he's you know, lazy. and. Not really laziness, I think it's just like... Too uh, um, so much pressure. Yeah, the pressure, you know, that that's what they kept touching on, was this pressure that he was under. <laughs> but, I don't know, I mean, hopefully they'll do another season, but I wouldn't expect it next year. Nah, I mean, the last few, he's been like two years in between. Yeah. But, say it. I can't, isn't it weird to think there's been eight, Seasons of curb yeah. your enthusiasm. Oh, and the other thing, he they he gives a good background of you know the how the show started, where the ideas ideas came from, whether you know, ideas that Jeff Garland had or the yeah. Robert Wide who was the director, you know, and and all you know where a lot of these ideas came from. That and again, it started with that first HBO like mockumentary that he did in 1999. Wow, and the first season premiered in two thousand. So when you think about it, even in two thousand, I mean this is this is eleven, you know, twelve years and he's only done eight seasons. Yeah. You know, and eighty episodes, you know, only eighty episodes. Eighty episodes. yeah, well well there's like ten a year, you know. So yeah, it's eighty episodes plus I think the first one is um, yeah, it's just a special which yeah, is October 1999. I you know. I remember when that came on. You know, I had HBO, and I remember when it came on. Um, I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, you know, I, I knew the name Larry David because you know you would see it on the credits for Seinfeld. But I had no, I had no idea who this was. The only thing I knew was that you know I knew the name Larry David, and I knew that this was the guy who had created it with Seinfeld, and I kind of, I kind of knew that he was writing it, but. Now it wasn't 100%, you know, really, I didn't really know my, no idea what he looked like, anything. Right. So here's this guy who does this, you know, this curb your enthusiasm special with Jeff Garland, who, another guy who I've nobody's ever seen before. I've I, never seen him. I didn't him know before. who he was. Larry David, nobody's ever seen him before. And I just remember, you know, watching it and, I was I you know I love the mockumentaries you know the 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 what's this the best name? in show uh, Spinal yeah, Tap yeah, Spinal Tap you know all, all those all those and so you know and here I'm watching this thing and I'm like it wasn't necessarily like it was it was really it wasn't that that funny but it was it was it was interesting you know there was so many different little plot arcs that he was doing. And you know, all these little mini stories they had in there. And then finally how it ended with him being too uh, clamming up too much to going yeah. on stage and making up a way to get out of it. Right. And just, you know, how they did it with all these other guests, you know, how it was improvised and these, these, the actors that he would get that nobody would have had ever seen before. And, and, you know, just the, the, the situations that they would get into. And, you know, HBO wound up rerunning it, like, constantly. It was, like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And so when the first season finally came on, you know, I, and then I started watching, and I was like, you know, th- this is amazing, this show. Yeah, it took, there you, you know, it, it, it did take me a little while to get into it because I was such a huge fan of Seinfeld. And this was... I don't know, it was like Jerry and George. Of course I love George and yeah. you know to to watch Larry it I I really had to get used to it. It wasn't something that it was instantly like, oh my god, this is hilarious. It was like oh, he's so stiff and it's he's getting so annoyed at every little thing. And, yeah. But then maybe after a couple of seasons it was like I it's hilarious. I like it. I'm into it now. Yeah. I had to warm up to it. Uh Yeah, yeah, I know. And, you know, then, but like I said, you know, he would, unlike Seinfeld, Larry would get all these big name guest stars. Yeah. Who would either play, you know, basically play themselves. I mean, it wasn't themselves, but. Ted Danson. Yeah, Ted Danson and um, Mary Steenburgen, who actually, Larry lived in their guest house while he was getting divorced. In real life. Yeah. So, uh, Ted Danson. And they, were, and they were getting annoyed at him because he wouldn't leave. And that was when Ted Danson was doing, when we met him the first time. Stupid oh, Ted yeah. Danson had Larry David at his house the whole time. He should have brought it. Yeah. That would have been cool. So, yeah, I, I there was a good book, a good quick read. Uh, so, if you're a Kyrgyz Enthusiasm fan, I would uh, I'd get it. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Josh Levine. Levine. I, I, I don't know. No. <laughs> Levine. No. Levin. Levine, If he was French, maybe Levine, yeah. the excitement stirred by these youngsters from Liverpool who call themselves the Beatles. Now tonight, you're going to twice be entertained by them. Right now and again in the second half of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles!